Welcome to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the show for intentional business owners and curious minds looking to combine the inner work and outer work to create a life, business, and career that feels deeply fulfilling and wildly aligned on all levels. We're your hosts. I'm Shay. And I'm Mariah. We're two business strategists passionate about rewriting the rules to success in a way that combines both strategy and energetics. So this podcast started with both of us being in the online business world, craving more deep, meaningful, and transparent conversations. So we decided to come together and create a space to do just that. Our guest interviews highlight cool humans doing cool shit, chasing their dreams, and going down their own rabbit holes to create a more sustainable and fulfilling life in whatever way that means for them. We see this podcast as everything that people won't share on social media. We don't give a fuck about highlight reels or proven frameworks. We love getting in the weeds, asking the tough questions, and doing the work to create a life and career we love, all while committing to ourselves and our personal growth. Because only through that lens can we truly create a lifestyle that feels good from the inside out. Welcome to the Curiously Guided Podcast. Are you ready to trust the nudge and let curiosity guide the way? Because we're excited to shake shit up and live outside the box with you. Okay, I can't even tell you how like fucking pumped up I am for this episode because I've been following Rachel on Instagram at Pure Generators for a really long time. She's also a 1-3 generator in human design. So like the content that she puts out, dude, it's just like it hits my heart a lot. So when we were considering like having another human design episode for this season, I was like, yo, I have to reach out to Rachel because I just, I love her perspective and the way that she talks about this stuff. So I will say this is not like a human design 101 episode. If you are interested in that, we will link in the show notes to Neha's episode where we dive into human design 101. And then also listen to Adriana's human design episode Um, That one's really, Adriana's episode really tees up this one really, really well. They go super good in tandem with each other. But this conversation that we had with Rachel is more like it's really focused. I feel like a lot of the times when you hear human design podcast episodes, they're more like vague intros to human design and there's not a lot that really just like focus on one main part of it so i really like the fact that we drilled into preventing burnout with human design because if you've been a listener of this podcast you know that me and shay have used human design for so many different things and it's been critical and crucial and just like the way that we've been able to develop ourselves personally and develop our business. And so having human design as a tool for navigating these things, for getting to know ourselves, for preventing burnout and things like that, it's just, it's so damn helpful to be able to give ourselves language and like a different lens to see these things through. So this episode is like, It's really about the integration of human design. There are some tips in here. We go into how each of the human design types handle and navigate burnout with some tips along the way. But I feel like the stories and examples and the integrations is truly where the juice of this episode is. Totally. And, you know, it's no secret, Mariah and I love human design. We've kind of indulged ourselves a little bit this season. Um, Our goal is we really want to take the tool and make it be more practical and kind of drill down into these different areas and how they can support us in our business. But the other piece of this episode is Rachel has built a really unique 
online business. And one thing Mariah and I are constantly wrestling with is how do you create a business that you feels aligned to you when you don't see a lot of examples out there of other people trying to do it like how you're doing it. And Rachel is that example um, for both Mariah and I. She just has a very um, unique business model that she's really used human design and just self-awareness to build around who she is as a human. And I found that aspect of her business very inspiring. And then I do want to put in a plug here for her book. Um, Rachel was kind enough to ship a copy of her new book to Mariah and I. It's called The Modern Guide to Human Design. And it is chef's kiss. It's awesome. It's really a lot of, you'll hear us talk about in the episode, a lot of human design stuff's kind of dated. It feels a little old style. Sometimes it's hard to get specific information about some of the stuff we bring up in this episode. And she has kind of created this wonderful new resource for all of us that makes it so much more appropriate, um, approachable. It's in more modern language. It's just easily digestible. So if you guys really like her, don't feel like you have to be a human design pro in this. You'll hear I'm not as strong as Mariah and Rachel are, and I still got a lot out of it. So I think you guys will enjoy this episode. And if your curiosity is piqued, definitely check out Rachel's book. All right. And with that, let's dive into her bio. Rachel Lieberman is a human design expert and the creator of Pure Generators, where she shares accessible, practical human design information. Her new book, A Modern Guide to Human Design, comes out October 3rd, 2023. So y'all have access to it when this airs. And um, yeah, I definitely recommend you check it out. So let's dive into the episode. Okay. So I feel like this episode is a little extra special because I've kind of been a pretty big fangirl of Rachel and her Instagram over at its pure generators. And I don't remember how I found it. it might've come up in like the explore feed or something like that. But like the way that you break down human design is just, it's so practical. It's so approachable. I like how you give the examples and like how deep you're able to go with it while also making it really approachable. Like human design, like we were saying before we hit record, like human design can be very like education-based, like memorization and all of that. And so I feel like being able to give people tools and ways to really like break it down and like integrate it because that's that's where the juice is that's where the magic is is like when you actually allow yourself to experiment with all of this because we can't figure it out with just being in our heads and that's kind of what human design teaches us anyway but before we get into like the super super fun stuff that we want to dive into can you just explain like how the fuck did you find human design or how did it find you yeah it very much did find me in typical generator fashion. I guess all of us here, because we got two generators and a projector. It's like life comes to us. Uh, but yeah, I had a career for like seven years as a project manager and it was fine. Like I, there were a lot of parts of it that I enjoyed, but I took a promotion and became a manager of people. And within about six months of doing that, after like six years of being pretty happy, I just burned out really. It was like an extreme burnout. So I just felt so stressed, so anxious. Like I was, I would lay on the couch at night and like something inside of me would be like, you're dying. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> like, oh God. Uh, so it was like a normal day at work. I was just trying to press through. I was like, cause what else was I going to do? Like, yeah, I had a lot of anxiety about how to survive in the material world and 
things like that. So I was at work one day and someone came over to me and said something that I just felt was kind of rude or yeah, I just, I didn't like it, which was a common theme in how I was treated in that job by a lot of people. And I just felt this thing inside of me go like, ah, like, no, you like, you're done. And I was like, oh God, like, what am I going to do? And I didn't know it at the time because I didn't know about human design, but that was my sacral response. Just like screaming. Cause I was not listening to it. All the many no's that had come up till then. So I went home and I was like, I'm just going to quit on Monday. And I did. It was very scary and I didn't really want to, but I just knew like I have to. And I was like, I'll just give myself a couple of months to do some things that I enjoy and just heal a little bit and maybe just get another job. But a few weeks into that, I like, two people mentioned human design to me, maybe even a third. And I was kind of resisting it. And finally I pulled up my chart and I was like, Oh, this makes no sense. Cause you pull up your chart and like, it doesn't tell you anything. Like, you're like, what does this even mean? And so I put it back again. And then another person mentioned it to me and I was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. So I sat down and I was like, Oh, this explains everything that just happened to me. This makes a lot of sense. Even though the information and like the system was new, I was able to look back at a lot of my life and a lot of those experiences I had and apply like that to what I was reading about human design. I was like, you know, even though this is new to me, I think I could start a blog to start, start talking about my experience as a generator. And so I did that and it just became like a major passion. And I ended up never seeking out another job like that again, because I was able to turn it into a business. And that was like four and a half years ago. So yeah, it just came into my life at the perfect time. And I kind of used it as my roadmap and it's worked out. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's the coolest origin story. And so now I'm curious about like <laughs> chapter two, what is using, I, I also, as I got into human design, started making like major career shifts and changes, um, just learning about myself more. So I'm curious, like, what did that look like for you when you first dove into it? And what does it look like for you now? Yeah, I mean, I'm a one, three profile. So anybody who has a three line in their profile does a lot of figuring out what does not work. So those first few years were just a lot of deconditioning from the way that I had been using my energy previously, the way I had worked previously. And it was not easy. Like I definitely made a lot of mistakes and burned myself out again a couple times probably until I figured out really what it meant to work and live as a generator. And there's still times when I don't get it right. I think that's true for everybody but it got a lot easier over time. And instead of waiting until that place of burnout before I listened to my inner authority or my, my sacral authority, I could feel it like right away. And so now I can kind of catch it right in the moment and be like, okay, redirect. And so I don't hit that place of burnout. So yeah, it was really just a lot of experimenting with that. And we, we were talking a little bit before, well, I guess you said this after we recorded, human design can be very information heavy. And I will say that even as someone who works in this, uh, it, like I dedicate my life to it, I have not memorized every gate and channel. Like I I have experienced, I have looked into them. I researched them. Maybe I have some notes somewhere, but I, I'm not a memorizer. I, I don't pull all of that out of my brain. So honestly, I didn't even 
go into all of that depth right away. Like it's taken many years to kind of come into all of those different parts. And I haven't even gone as deep as human design goes, but I think a really helpful thing is instead of being like, okay, I'm going to figure out all of human design and apply it to my life. It's helpful to just let your life kind of show you what you need to learn. Like, okay, I'm feeling some misalignment or some frustration since I'm a generator in this part of my life. So like, where could that maybe be coming from? And then I would go in and look in, oh, okay, maybe that gator channel, maybe that part of my variable, my environment, you know, something like that. So yeah, it's just kind of been a journey of letting life like guide me through learning human design and then sharing that with other people. I think that there's just like so much wisdom there in terms of your story. Like, I think that that's how we're supposed to explore human design is like piece by piece and like allow ourselves to be intuitively led through it. But like I kind of went in, um, I'm also a one, three generator. And I, when I found out about human design, it was like, I bought so many books. I literally dedicated like full weekends to Mm-hmm. to studying 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 to packing in so much information i was telling my friends give me your birthdays because i need to look at your charts i can't just look at mine now i need to look at yours and mm-hmm. then like for clients i'm reading their charts and then i ended up going too deep into the rabbit hole where i was like well now what do i do with this now i have to change my entire business to kind of fit around human mm-hmm. design because that must be how it is because now i'm kind of like some kind of expert I'm more of an expert than a lot of people that I know about this but like shit now I have to like change my whole business around that and so like that was something for me that I kind of had to explore being a one three and if you guys aren't familiar with the profiles if this is your very first time hearing about these we will link to the previous human design episodes that we have where we dive into your authority and your strategy with the conversation that we had with Adriana and then the profile lines we also dive into and the conversation with Adriana and our very first human design episode with Neha. So if we're losing you already, like go back and go and listen to those episodes and then come back into this one. But you did bring up something that I really want to take apart because in a previous episode with Adriana, we kind of touched on deconditioning, but we didn't explain like what that means. And then you mentioned it where it was like, oh yeah, I started deconditioning. Like, what is that? Can you just give us like a foundation? Yeah, I would say it's basically, in human design, it is kind of a mechanical process that happens within your body and your aura. That is what human design is. It's I like to describe it as, it's not really the what. All of us can kind of do the same things. It's just the how. We all do them differently. Like there's not any one thing that like a certain type can do that that another can't. But it's also something that happens within your mind. Like your mind is definitely, it, it's about examining what are the things that society put on me that told, told me that I have to be this way. And like, do I have to be that way? And is that actually correct for me? Does it feel good? Like everything about human design is like, how does it feel in my body? It could be that the schedule that you were taught to follow from grade school until adulthood does actually work for you. And that's fine. But you may actually see, oh, that doesn't feel good for me. That's really draining. And then you start to think, okay, what's another possibility? And that's kind of like deconditioning from those societal expectations or um, just truly like rhythm, cycles, energy that's put onto us on that sort of more subconscious level, I guess. Okay, I'm curious about this from a generator's perspective, because I feel like as a projector, 
I had to do a lot of deconditioning, especially around like work and schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. I've shared on the podcast before. I felt like a square peg in a round hole when it came to like that move, 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 busy culture that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so t- I'm curious for generators, what does the deconditioning look like? I feel like I think about it from my perspective all the time. Yeah, I think it's more obvious for the the non-sacral types, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. I think they often figure it out a little earlier for themselves because they're like, I'm just hitting a wall and I truly do not jive with this. Like they've often already figured out maybe I want to work for myself or maybe I need to work in a different way. Whereas for generators and manifesting generators, we as the majority, we make up 70% of the population, obviously the work environment is going to be kind of built around us. So typically we kind of can stay in it. Um, But I would say that for most of us, number one, we tend to, I think life asks us to work more than really anybody should. Like almost everybody at some point gets pushed past. It's like generators, manifesting generators have a lot of energy, but we also have our limits. Like that's what it means to have a defined center in your chart is like there is an on and off for that. So that's part of it. But also, you know, we're just pushed to do things we don't really enjoy. So that's a lot of the deconditioning, I would say, for for generators and manifesting generators is like, do I actually want to do this? Does it actually feel good? And a lot of times, exactly what happened to me, I kind of did enjoy my job enough. Like I was satisfied enough by it. But instead of being able to continue doing those same things, like the corporate structure said, well, now you have to become a manager, which is a totally different skill set. It's a totally different like energy usage. And so for me, that actually was not a fit. And I think that happens to a lot of people. They get pushed into places that feel like a step up, but maybe aren't for their exact energy because generators and manifesting generators, while we have that energy every day, it has a life of its own and it doesn't always honor where our mind wants it to go. Whereas I would say projectors, manifestors, and reflectors, there's a bit more flexibility in how you use that energy as long as it's aligned with like the other part of you, as long as you're feeling recognized as a projector, you know, you're feeling like you're able to follow your urge as a manifester, as long as you're feeling like really delighted with what you experience as a reflector, then it's like, you can kind of just do what you need to do to have that experience. But for generators and manifesting generators, it's like that energy is going to go somewhere and you may not be in control of it. You have to kind of surrender to where it wants to go. So that's a lot of the deconditioning that we go through. Yeah. Wow. It just resonates so much. Even like when you said like you didn't want to manage people, that has been the hill that I will die on until I die. <laughs> because like mm-hmm. in business, so many people are like, own an agency, do an SEO agency. Like you can do an agency. And my response has always <laughs> been, I didn't get in business to fucking manage people. Like that is yeah. not what I enjoy doing. <laughs> no. And so when you said that, I was like, wow, I just, I feel so seen. And that just makes so much sense. But like, even in my story, in terms of getting here and like this podcast and like how this podcast came about, like combining the inner work and the outer work, me and Shay kind of got to a very similar point, but in 
different ways. But like I being a generator have so much energy and I love my business. Like I love my business. I love the online business space. So mm-hmm. like that's enough to keep like my sacral and like my energizer bunny fucking energy rip roaring and ready to go. But it's like I was using it in all of the wrong way. So it's like the picture that I get in my head is like one of those cars that you pull back and like it ends up taking off like as a, a kid's toy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but I was doing it pulling the car back. And then letting it go and it was just hitting a wall and then Mm -hmm. I pull it back and then I wouldn't change the direction of it. So every time I pulled it back and let the energy flow, it would just hit a wall. And then I got to the point where I didn't really have the language, I guess, or the self-awareness to be able to call it burnout specifically. Mm -hmm. But I kind of was like, I fucking hate this. I hate how I feel in my business and I don't want to create a business that I hate. Yeah. And so it was like, that feeling of like wanting to burn everything down through frustration. And then it was literally like right around this time when a coach introduced me to human design and she was like, I think you need to explore this. And so I think that it does give us language to be able to explain this stuff because I feel like I wouldn't have been able to explain how I was feeling and like, where does that come from? And how does my energy flow without human design? Totally. And I think something that we sometimes even neglect in the human design field is the like our mind is so important to get aligned with our bodies like just having the language and the permission and something that's like a fact to for your mind to cling on to is so helpful and that's where like I do think people figure these things out without human design they do all the time like I honestly like I live with my husband and my stepson they don't care about human design I mean they my husband you know cares about it to the level that I care about like he'll he'll listen to me he knows that I care about it so he's fine but he's not interested in looking into that but yet he lives like almost fully in alignment with it so you don't need it but I think it is a really great shortcut. Like it really shortcuts through a lot of that stuff because it just gives your mind this thing where it's like every time your mind might say, well, maybe I should do it the way that person's doing it. It's like, no, my human design says I can do it this way. Like I have permission to do it that way. And then, yeah, you're just more free to like actually allow your energy to go there. So yeah, I agree. It's like, it's helpful to have the info. It's not like you need it, but it makes it a lot faster. (laughs) I really like what you just shared there, because I think that's something in the online business world that a lot of us struggle with is, oh, um, maybe I should do this like so-and-so, you know, like, oh, I must be wrong. They must be right. Maybe I should do this more like them. And I think you're kind of helping me connect some dots here of why we love human design so much. And you're right. It's that compass that you can kind of come back to and filter out the noise of this may be right for them, but it's not necessarily right for me. And let's get like re-anchored in what is right for me. So that's honestly a really nice pivot to what we were hoping to pick your brain about today, which is yeah, burnout and then using human design as a tool for navigating burnout. And I know that especially the those of us that own businesses, burnout is like something we're all too familiar with. Um, it can show up in a lot of different ways and it can show up at different levels of your business and look totally different. But I think every time burnout comes, um, 
it can be hard. It, it can be really frustrating and you can feel lost and confused. And so I love the idea, you know, let's use human design as a tool to help us kind of like navigate those seasons when we're feeling lost in the woods, if you will. So would you share with us more about like, I know you said you mentioned you experienced burnout with your original job, but could you tell us some examples of like when you've run into burnout and how you've used human design? Yeah, definitely. Honestly, when I I kind of forget this sometimes, but one of the things that I was obsessed with after I left my job was figuring out burnout. And there wasn't that much out there. Like I was surprised. I remember finding one book and reading it and being like, okay, this like this does super really... vague. Like super it, yeah, like it's vague. don't fall into <laughs> burnout. And it's like, what the fuck is it? That's such a good point. As I was sitting here just saying that question to you, I was like, I don't even know how to like describe what burnout is. So thank you for starting here. (laughs) Yeah, I remember I found one guy's blog that I felt described it pretty well. Like he had had a similar experience. He probably was a generator. And I clung to that. I was like, okay, people are talking about this. And I think that is eventually the with the crazy Googling or maybe just putting that out in the universe was what brought human design to me because I felt that it was the perfect answer to that. And that's kind of why this is one of my favorite topics because yeah, it's actually kind of where I got started in human design. But yeah, I mean, I would say burnout, it's like, at least for me, and maybe it's different for everybody. I'd be curious to hear like what it is for you as a projector too, like what it's felt like for you. But uh, for me as a generator, it feels like I'm just completely exhausted which is not a normal feeling for me as a generator I it's it's almost like a depression like you just feel like nothing has meaning um you don't really feel motivated to get up in the morning yeah like I felt like my body was like that like something was dying inside of me like I wasn't actually dying but I would yeah I had like terrible physical symptoms like I had like terrible acne flare-up just all of these things would happen headaches so it kind of, it really just felt like I was pushing my body too hard in a direction that I didn't want to go. So yeah, Shay, what's your experience as a projector? It's like the mitochondria like doesn't work. Like it's yeah, literally totally. just like, like it it's gets like sucked out. It's like a cellular level thing. Yes. Yes. I completely agree. Well, it's funny you said depression because when you first brought that up, I was, that was the first thought that came to me of just kind of like this dull and you said nothing has meaning I was sitting I was smiling because Mariah and I last couple days ago I was telling her about there's this example in South Park the tv show where one day every everything sounds like shit to this character and I was telling her I was like sometimes I feel like that just like everything I just can't get interested in anything (laughs) and I can't make my interest you brought up like interests earlier and like where we can send our energy it's like I can't send any energy there I'm not interested I can't I it feels like banging my head against a wall to even go Mm -hmm. there so and then the physical symptoms is something like I notice I have a lot of like back and hip pain and I've had kind of like a an integrative doctor talked to me before about like when you're feeling stuck in life, sometimes that can like kind of show up in your hips. Right. And so I've definitely noticed, like, I will also have physical symptoms that go along with just like a disinterest mm-hmm. and kind of lack of motivation, honestly, and very difficult to like kind of force myself through it, almost like walking through mud. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The disinterest thing is, is also key. Cause like that, I definitely noticed when I had burnouts, even 
doing my human design business. It's like, I would just look around and usually as a generator, as I kind of survey all the things, it's like, oh, I have this thing that I'm interested in and this and this. Yeah. It's like nothing like catches. It's just like, like you're just tired and don't, yeah. Don't feel motivated by anything. And it's a scary feeling when you're in business for yourself, because you're like, where do I go from here? Like, it's very disorienting because you feel like you should have this very clear plan forward. But for me, I start to notice like, um, I I liked what you talked about energy. There's like a loss of energy and it literally just gets harder and harder for me to continue to force myself. That's where I can, I think the skill for me has become, how can I identify that burnout spiral earlier and do Mm -hmm. something about it instead of continuing the spiral? And so for me, if I notice something is continually getting harder and harder and it feels like the mud is getting thicker and thicker, I'll I'll just stop these days. (laughs) Like, okay, something's, we're not in flow here. Like something feels like surrender is needed right so I'll just kind of like take a step back but um yeah I'm curious Mariah what does burnout look like for you if anything else that we haven't like covered it basic I mean both of you guys basically like nailed it on the head I feel like I don't really have very much to add to like what it feels like because that feels right but I think what makes it more complex is like like you brought up like as a business owner your bitch has got to fucking pay bills, dude. Like, yeah, I got to right. sell my shit. <laughs> I got to like, keep I making money, right? <laughs> right? Like, so then I what still got to sell services and, like, stuff like that. And so what I have found really helpful, although it's not helpful for the mind, it's helpful for the body, is doing exactly what you said, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Literally just surrendering to it and being like, listen, I don't know what I have to do right now, but what I'm about to do isn't working. So like, I'm going to create space for myself to be able to just sit in my body, to sit in this discomfort of not knowing what to do. And then I like make myself do things that like usually fill up my cup, even though nothing feels like it's going to fill up my cup, but it's like, I'm going to sit down and like read a fiction book not something that like gets my brain going or like I'm going to listen to sound healing frequencies. I guess it's something that like doesn't, especially for a business owner, ideas on ideas, dude, I can strategize fucking anything. Mm -hmm. So it's like doing something that allows me to get out of that logical piece. I can't listen to podcasts. I can't listen to a TV show even. Like, it's like, I just need to like get in a cocoon surrounded by like fluffy blankets and like read or have a conversation with a friend, bring a friend into this and then like notice where the conversation goes and just laugh, like make Andrew fucking tell me a joke or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of where it goes, but it feels counterintuitive when you're a business owner because you're you're just yeah. like, well, what do you mean, dude? Like you have financial goals that you have to hit. Otherwise, like you're not eating this month. And I think that that's kind of where the complexity comes in and probably where a lot of people just keep moving through the burnout because it's like, there's no other way in order to live. I need to keep doing this. So I guess like Rachel using human design, like, is there, how do we start building confidence and like trusting these signs that burnout is here? Yeah. I mean, I would say that exactly what you described. It's like, we also can't separate all of this from like capitalism. You know, it's like 
that capitalism is a massive conditioning for most of us. And not only that, but most of us who are living in like the world where we live right now, most people don't have a lot of safety net. Like we don't have a safety net from our government. A lot of people don't have a lot of savings. Even if you're doing pretty well, that's just kind of how life is at the moment for a lot of people. So yeah, it's like we've been really conditioned. Like you just have to keep going. You have to keep showing up to work. You have to keep producing and it's hard. Like it's, I agree. It's exactly what you're, what you're describing. And as far as using human design, I think I, I'm a big proponent of not pushing yourself so hard that you are stressing your nervous system. Like you, that whole thing of like, you know, just leap and the net will catch. I think that is true. I actually do agree with that, but we're just not always ready to do that. If you do that before you're ready, you will really stress yourself out. And like, I, I would say what I did with like quitting my job on Monday, I wouldn't, I would not tell people to do that. <laughs> like, it's not a great, it's not the best way to do it. If you, if you want to, and you have to, and you can, then, then go for it. Like on some level I could, so I did it, but it, it's not the answer for everybody. Sometimes you would have to really like slowly work up to something like that so that you're not just pushing yourself to a level where you're so stressed out. Um, but yeah, I think over time you can start to kind of like all of us have described, we've begun to learn to identify those signs earlier. And then you don't get yourself into that really difficult place. Like just like you were saying, Shay, I've actually, I think both of you were saying, I've learned that as soon as I feel that bit of frustration and resistance, I just stop. Because if I carry that thing all the way through, not only will I waste my own time, it won't be successful, and then I'll be exhausted at the end. So it's like nothing has been accomplished. And I'm not going to lie. I had one of those happen this year where I looked back and I was like, oh, yeah, I should have just done the thing that I wanted to at the beginning instead of the thing that I thought would kind of like net me the biggest gains in the short term. Uh, because in the end, I didn't really get anything in the short term because I procrastinated on it until I'd like taken up all the time anyway. So I really should have just gone for this long term thing that I really wanted to do. So yeah, I think over time, you just kind of you see it work. Like you see, for me at least, as a third line profile, I saw that continuing to do it didn't work. <laughs> and so, and after enough of that, I was like, I have suffered enough. And maybe next time I'll just stop and let's see what happens. And you think that it's going to take forever to recover or to get out of the burnout. Sometimes it's like a day. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's like hours before you kind of rejuvenate. You have your next response as a generator or, you know, whatever your next decision is and uh you're like back moving so yeah it's definitely not as scary as you think it is it's okay to stop stopping is is like a very good thing to do in most cases yeah I think you just brought up something that um is really important and I think the reason burnout can be scary is because there's a piece of this admitting of admitting of like I don't know the right way forward mm -hmm. And then that's hard. And then the second piece is, I don't know when this is going to end or if it's going to end. And that's the part that's very uncertain and scary and can lead me into a lot of spiraling, right? And, and so what you just said, though, I think is right. is like, it's kind of like if you can catch it early enough, you can come out of it a little bit quicker. 
And, and yes, once you start quicker, once you start noticing and, um, you know, you're learning your tools and your skills, you can build that muscle up and then you get a little bit more resilient. And so I have noticed that even when I am, you know, there's highs and lows in life. We're not going to escape that. Right. But I do feel like a bit more equipped these days at like pulling myself out quicker. And that's so encouraging to notice. So I'm curious, you know, like we've talked a bit about burnout and what it feels like, but what are the the key pieces in everyone's chart that you could, I know that like a lot of it has a lot of wonderful insight, but I'm sure there's a few key things. I know we've kind of talked about like your channels or the variables, like where do you kind of go look if you were coaching somebody through this? Honestly, I would say that most of it is just in your strategy that pretty much covers it. Um, There are definitely ways where maybe you would be like, out of alignment with your profile or, you know, the role that you're playing, that definitely does happen. But honestly, I think like just making sure you're aligned with your strategy is a lot of it. Strategy and like your signature of how you want to feel. So I kind of have a few little points I think about each of the types in how, like basically what would cause them burnout. So I can definitely go through those. Oh yeah, please. Like. please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll start. We'll just, I I typically just go through the types like in the order of most common to least common. So I'm sorry, reflectors, you always end up with them, but it's just, it's just a t- statistical thing. <laughs> um, So what I find with generators is we tend to burn out by doing too much of what we don't like. It's honestly that simple, but also working past our sacral limit. So like I said before, we have a lot of energy, but there's a point at the day where it's like, I'm done. And that can be very hard to feel. It's also, if you're working for someone else, they may not be honoring that. And so that's, I think that's where it happens for a lot of people. Like I definitely had periods of time at work where I was just working so many hours. I had way too much on my plate. And that would result in a burnout for me. But in my business now, I will notice like if I have a really busy day and I'm kind of really going on something or there's this project that I'd really like to finish, which is never like a good place to get into as a generator because generators need to like not pay attention to like heading to the finish line. That's not what we're here to do. And so then I'll find myself, it's like 11 at night and I'm like, even if it's just like a simple task that I'm kind of doing, like while I watch a YouTube or something, I'll feel like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done. Like, like my body's like, there's no more energy for that. And any more that I would do, I would feel like I was kind of draining myself. So yeah, by looking out for that as a generator, that will, will cover a lot of it. Um, and can I, can I add something in here? Yeah. So I have noticed that the sacral energy that I have is very, like, it fluctuates day to day. It's Mm -hmm. not like a specific thing where it's like, I can work consistently from nine to five every single day. What I realize is like, it depends on A, like where I am in my own cycle that month. So like what week I'm in, it also depends on like how busy my week is and what tasks are included in my day to day. If I have a lot of calls, my energy can get zapped up pretty easy. But if I can allow myself to have space to create, it's like creation time, uh, like refills it. And so it's like, I'll be able to work until fucking 9 PM and Andrew's knocking on my office door and he's like, yo bitch, like, are you alive in there? And I'm like, leave me alone. I'm not done yet. But I have noticed that it's like, if I go to do something past my own limit, 
your body, like my body feels constricted. And I'm literally mm-hmm. like, it's kind of frustration, but I also just naturally feel it as disgust. Like, I'm just like, ugh. Like, I don't fucking want to. I don't want to do that. And that's my sign. But if I go past it and then I do it anyways, it's like my sacral, since it has the energy, will still allow me to finish the task. But I'm fucking done, dude. Like, now I'm annoyed. Now I'm frustrated. I, like, I zap my energy for tomorrow is basically how it is. So Mm -hmm. it's like, when I'm about, like, if I have something to do at, let's say, 4 p.m., I cannot start a task a brand new task at 3.15 because it's like my energy is going to want to ride that out and complete it. But it's like, we don't have time. And then I'm not going to feel satisfied because I didn't have the space in order to complete it. So I don't know if that's helpful for any generator types, but like noticing that was like a huge shift for me. Interrupting the conversation real quick to give a shout out to this episode sponsor, The Contract Shop. The Contract Shop is a one-stop shop for any contract or legal template that your online business needs. They specialize in contracts for entrepreneurs, coaches, creatives, and other small business owners. Their contracts are drafted by an attorney and are peer-reviewed so that there are multiple professional eyeballs on them, so you know they're legit. One of the biggest reasons why we love the contract shop so much is that they explain what the contracts actually mean. They have guides that come with each contract so you can understand and feel confident in what the legal terms and the lingo are actually saying, so you're not feeling like a nematode if you get any questions about them later on. Both mine and Shay's personal favorite contract in the shop is the terms and conditions and the privacy policy bundle for your website. The contract shop also has contracts for affiliate programs, coaching relationships, masterminds and education, stock photography use, hiring contractors, and so much more. Go ahead and use the code CURIOUSLYGUIDED at checkout for 20% off any contract of your choice. Head over to CuriouslyGuided.com slash contracts to get the details and to snag the discount. All right, let's take you back to the episode. I agree. And actually, it it makes sense that we're both one, three profiles because I am very much the same way. I think for us, because, you know, we're the investigator, experimental people, we're very like introspective in what we do. So I think for us that like creative, introspective time working on a project is so important because I'm very similar. Like I love talking to people like we're doing today, but I have like two calls today and that's pretty much all I'll do today. Like I will, yeah, like tomorrow when I have a more wide open schedule, I'll probably work like 12 hours just on my stuff. But today, like I won't. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is we think, oh, generators, they have energy every day. Yes, we do have energy every day, but it it is for very different things and in different quantities. I definitely agree. It's fixed. It's there, but uh, it is definitely different every day. Uh, Yeah, we can go to MGs now. So MG burnout, I would say, is not having the freedom to expand and move into new areas in what you're doing. Like if something starts to feel like work, like it's kind of like the same thing all the time, 
that typically will result in burnout for an MD. Like they really need to be able to try this new area, try this new thing. And it doesn't necessarily mean like you have to do a whole different hobby or a whole different thing. Like my husband is an MG who has been at the same company doing like in the same type of position for 20 years, but he's able to take on like new projects every day or every week. Like he never knows what he's going to show up to that day. And I would say for me as a generator, that might be a bit stressful, but for him as an MG, that's like really a sweet spot. So yeah, just having that freedom to expand into new things. And then I would also say for MGs, it's the same thing, like working past your sacral limits, like the limit to what your sacral wants to put toward that task. Because it's like, if he has to spend all day, every day working at his day job, he's going to end up burnt out and frustrated because for him, a really important part of life is like being done at a certain time each day and then going down to his little like basement uh, laboratory, like workshop where he like has all these projects going all the time. And so even if it's like he can, he barely needs any sleep, honestly, but if he were to spend that whole day doing just one thing, it would, that would be a burnout for sure. This is a huge, like, light bulb moment for me my boyfriend is also an mg and like he said um we're gonna be moving and so he's gonna be looking for a new job and he was like i was like oh you could do this and you can do this and you can do this like i have no fucking shortage of ideas (laughs) and he like his bite back on a lot of them is like mariah i need to know when my day is going to end I Mm -hmm. need to know when I can then transition into something else. And like, he'll say like, if he even has to work like one minute over, his energy (laughs) is zapped. He's super frustrated and he hates that person that made him work one minute (laughs) over. And I didn't realize that this could be somewhat related to like him being an MG of just like, okay, I've used the energy that I have for the thing that I have to do. And now I have all of this energy for something else that I want to do, whether it's, I don't know, playing a video game or going to the gym or like whatever it is. I didn't realize that that example is really helpful yeah yeah I think it's a nuance of MGs that sometimes we just don't fully understand but it's definitely true um next we can go to projectors so I would say the main thing for projectors is there is a misconception that projectors like can't work a full eight hour day that's actually not true Um, If you're a projector who is like drawn toward a maybe a job that requires you to do that, or you're just feeling really passionate about the thing you're doing, you definitely can. You just don't want to be grinding too much at things that like aren't your zone of mastery. So if you really enjoy like I had a boss who really enjoyed uh, leading client meetings, interacting with people and like creating connections. That was really like what she loved doing. She could do that like all day, like probably 10 hours. But anytime she had to like get into a spreadsheet, it was like just over in an hour. Like that was like all her energy was sapped. So yeah, grinding too much at things that just are not things that make you feel recognized. um, And yeah, like you're getting to use your gifts. That's for sure a projector burnout thing. And I would also say like not feeling, not feeling seen, not feeling appreciated. Um, I don't know. Does that Jay's, resonate for you, Shay? Shay's over here taking like wild <laughs> notes and nodding her head off. Well, I have to like everything I want to touch on. I always like try to jot down, <laughs> but you're saying too many good things. I don't have time to jot it all down. Um, yes, the recognized piece was such a game changer for me and the zone of genius piece. I, to this day, I get 
immediately irritated if I have to do something that I consider outside my zone of genius, like Mm -hmm. make a spreadsheet. I'm just like, I can't, I cannot, this is not what I'm here to do. I can't do this. Um, But the recognized piece is a big thing. Like I, and for me, the shift came with what you said, learning about my strategy, waiting for the, the invitation, you know, it kind of shifting my energy from, um, like I was demanding to be recognized by some people who were never going to recognize mm-hmm. me to focusing in on where am I being recognized and how can I get more of that? That was like a huge shift and a bitterness was like such a feeling for me, right? I was just like in jobs where I felt like I was like doing all this work and trying to contribute and not being seen or um, understood for like what my zone of genius was. And then that's so draining and you get so salty and like ticked off after a while. So for me, like, you're right. Absolutely. Learning my strategy was such a game changer. And then for me paying attention to that, there's like a, I don't know what the word is, but that feeling of bitterness, like when I'm noticing myself Mm -hmm. get kind of bitter and salty and annoyed, that's like a good signal for me. Like, Hey, something's off here. I'm kind of realizing burnout is a blessing in a way, in the sense that it shows us like where something is out of alignment, but 100%, I totally, um, and two, my, my, uh, my lines, we're helpful. I'm a two, four. And so that's kind of like the hermit and the opportunist, which is like, I need some alone time, but also I get a lot from being in community. And I've noticed that I can kind of like go too far in one direction or another. So kind of checking in with like, am I spending too much time in my network or am I spending too much time isolated? Like that's been a good check and balance for me. I kind of feel like it's always like swinging back and forth. Um, So kind of knowing where I am has been helpful to like get me out of the the burnout cycles if that makes sense I completely agree and even though we won't be able to cover profile really at all today I would say that's another one to look at like if you're kind of filling the wrong role like for like Mariah and I who are one threes it's like if we're trying to put too much effort into like I don't know, interacting with people and socializing and leading and filling this role, like that's going to be really hard for us. I mean, it's not that you can't do those things, but if we don't have that like introspective time to be kind of like working through our own like inner process, it's like, that's where we can feel really out of alignment. And I think it's easy to get sucked into those playing those other roles, especially in bit. I mean, that was one of my biggest challenges in business for sure. was like, cause they tell you like, Oh, well, the best way to do is like be a coach, do readings, do this. And like, that's not the right role for a lot of people. And I'm, that's what a lot of generators and MGs are coming to me with right now. They're like, I actually have this successful business and yet I still hate it because essentially they're not filling the right role. So yeah. How do you see it as a one three? Like, because I went into this thing where it was like either own an SEO agency or become a business coach. And then I was like, I played around with the business coach type thing. And I was like, dude, come on. I'm not a fucking coach. Like I just, mm-hmm. I want to strategize. I want to problem solve. I want to research. I want to experiment. Like that's what I want to do. So I guess like side tangent here like how for for my own selfishness like how are you creating a business that really supports like a one three yeah I think it's a little hard because there isn't a strong blueprint for this yet so I think all of us are kind of building this but I see one threes as like pure creators are it's almost like artists of what you do so it's like Exact all this stuff you're describing of like wanting to uh yeah, like strategize, like maybe 
maybe you do work with people, but it's almost like you're creating this plan for them and you hand it off, you know, or you create something that you, it's like for me, like books, courses, uh, like PDF downloads, like recordings, podcasts, blogs, like those are all like creative things. So basically finding a way to monetize something that you kind of package and like hand off as a creation, I think is, is key for one threes. I could vomit. I'm going to, I'm going to vomit. Like I'm sitting, like if people could see my face, like I wanted to melt into my chair, I could vomit. And Shay could speak to this. I'm literally always saying that. I was like, I fucking love creating content, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want the super long, like coaching six month coaching containers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And it's funny. I actually wrote in my journal. Wow. I feel so fucking validated. Uh, I wrote in my journal. I was like, Like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to share my voice and share my perspective. And then I was like, but how do I make money doing that? Mm -hmm. But it's like the podcast, like I fucking love shit like this. Or it's like creating like my workshops. But I feel like I'm getting to a point with the workshops where it's like I'm pushing it too far and it's like Mm -hmm. I'm creating too many workshops and then I'm not actually doing the other thing of like maybe... uh like speaking or that kind of thing or packaging up all of my thoughts in other ways. So this is really helpful. And I think it just comes down to like figuring out how to diversify our business model in a way that supports us. And I was telling Andrew the other day, I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be creating some kind of business that like isn't created yet. I was like, because Mm -hmm. I don't see anybody that does exactly what I want to do in the way that I want to do it. So I'm glad that we went on that side tangent. And I actually like your business is one of the examples that I have of like, yes, this is what I want. Like she's doing it in a way that really, really resonates with me where it's like a little bit of conversation, a little bit of education, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So Rachel, I really like, you have no idea how much I appreciate this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and it's not that like as a one, three, you can't, you can, like I said, you can always do like the what you can always find a way to do it. So it's like, I felt that people in my community wanted to be able to interact. And I was very hesitant about that for a long time because I felt like it dragged me into this place where I wasn't excited about it or I was feeling responsible for people or I felt like I was coaching them. But then I kind of realized like, okay, if I release like some information, which is always important for me as a a first line, some foundation where we're all on the same page, I put some information and then we have a discord group where people can discuss that. It's like, I'm not trying to coach them, but I answer their questions. That's like worked really well. And I never thought that there would be a way for that to still work for like that role I wanted to play, but there is, it just takes a a little while to kind of figure that out. And yeah, just there's ways, but yeah, I think we're all, we're paving a new, a new direction with all that that has never existed for sure. Well, I think yeah. this tangent needed to happen. It's funny. As soon as you said that, I looked at Mariah. I was like, oh, we got to talk about this because that <laughs> Mariah is a topic of a lot of our conversations. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, earlier of feeling like you need to copy what other people are doing in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. But one issue, Mariah, and I continually run into is like, I don't want this big community. I don't want this big mastermind. I don't want this big group coaching container, but that seems to be for a while. That was like the only business advice I could get. It was like, Mm -hmm. become a coach, start an agency, but there's so many ways to skin the cat online, which I think is why Mariah and I love this space so much. There's infinite possibilities. So I think it's really cool. Thank you for 
expressing all of that and like being a model of how you can do things differently. But to tie us back to what we were talking about, I couldn't, I want to wrap up one idea about projectors and then we can dive into reflectors. Um, you know, I've noticed as a projector, I appreciate what you said about energy because I found that as soon as I learned projectors didn't have energy, it was almost like a self-limiting belief where I was like, totally. well, I just can't do it. I just can't, I don't have the energy. And that's not true. That's never been true mm -hmm. in my life. And, and I was thinking and reflecting when I'm around Mariah, I think this comes into projectors need to be aware of like who you're surrounding yourself with. Like I can like soak up a lot of energy and like work. And, and if I'm feeling inspired and in my zone of genius, I can work really, really hard. And so that's why it's always, I think that's why I get irritated when people ask me to step outside because it feels like such an extra energy expenditure. And I know I have to be so mindful about my energy. So I always think of projectors as almost like I've noticed when I'm alone too much, I told Mariah, I feel like that old school projector, you maybe had an elementary school where like, you're just shining white light at a blank wall. But if I can get around other people, all of a sudden I have like something to project and something to reflect on. So like in my business, I've had seasons of, I was working by myself a lot and I got into a really funky place. And the second I started collaborating and getting more eyes on me and me on them, then everything started to flow again. So I've definitely noticed that can happen for projectors. But anyway, take us forward. Reflector is the last one, right? And we have manifestors we've right, still right. got, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love what you said about projectors. I think it's very true. Um, manifestors. So manifestors will get sucked into trying to work consistently in the generator and MG world because they do have energy in bursts. Like they are, I mean, all types do, but they they are typically technically considered an energy type because they've got some kind of motor that's connected to their throat. You know, doesn't matter if you understand that, but um, so they can get sucked into like, okay, I have to show up every day and, and work and like be consistent. Like manifestors just aren't consistent. And this is like another, like, this is kind of like you were saying, this is a hill I will die on. Consistency does not mean every day. <laughs> like consistency means a cadence or cycle that works for you. So, you know, they say, be consistent on social media. Yeah. You know, you, that means that like, you're still dedicated or, you know, show up for the thing that you want to put out there, but that is not mean every day. It could be once a week, could be once every two weeks, could be a lot once a month, could be you do a ton for a month and then you disappear for five months. Like that is all a valid way of existing in the world and manifestors in particular. So they operate in these these bursts of like energy urges of something they want to do and then like a really deep rest cycle. Um, so anytime they get pulled out of that and aren't able to live in that way, that can result in in like burnout and sickness for them, for sure. Um, and I would also say like having other people always like controlling what they're doing, that's very difficult for a manifester. They need to be able to let the people around them know what they're going to do, which we call informing, and then do that without resistance. And um, if a, a lot of times people pick up on manifester power and then want to tell them where to go with that, and that's going to be difficult for them. The only person that I have an example of this with is not the best example, but it's my dad. And I can kind of notice like he's very powerful, but I think that he shows up in like his shadow 
way of doing it. But I know that like, he is very good at informing. Like we will ask him, Hey, can you do this? Can you do, he was like, I'm doing this. And it's like, if you would have told us three minutes ago, you could have informed us and let us know. But I think that like, just noticing his cycles, like when he's in something, like he is all in burst, burst, burst. And then sometimes we would like wonder if he's sick. I'm like, bro, are you ill? Like, usually you're like, go, 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 go. So I feel like this information is very helpful in terms of also noticing just like the people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we, it's just human nature to expect everyone to be like us. That's just like how we are. And so when you actually have like language and understanding for why people aren't like that, everything just goes so much better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. I guess last we have reflectors. So for reflectors, if they're just getting too much of the same, same place, same people, just not enough novelty, not enough delight, surprise in their life, that's going to be difficult for them. So I have a reflector that is my neighbor and friend who I've been had the privilege to observe because I did not have any reflectors in my life. And now I have this person. It's been so interesting just to see because it's like she'll spend a lot of time with me and my husband. She's friends with both of us like for a while and then she'll just kind of disappear. And that is completely correct for her because if she was just like hanging out with us all the time, us as generator types, we could just hang out with the same people and over and over and over. Like that's probably kind of that's what we like uh but yeah for her it's like nope I'm not hanging out with you I'm going and doing this I'm off doing this thing like I'm just shocked at like all the places she is um and so yeah that's just really important because otherwise if like she said like if I am she like tried to date a generator and he just wanted to like hang out every day and she's like I'm just like I'm trapped like I gotta get out of this so it was like that was over um that was really interesting for me to learn so yeah just too much of the same. And then the other thing that would cause burnout for a reflector would just be not the right environment, not a place that feels good. Reflectors will literally become ill um, if they're just in a work environment, a home environment, uh, whatever it is, uh, where they just don't don't feel good. So very important for them to stay in environments with people uh, that feel good because they ultimately become their environment. That's that's what they do and that's good for them, but they have to just make sure it's the right one. I've only ever met two reflectors in my life. And I feel like every time I learn someone is a reflector, I'm just like, oh, cool. Can we be my friend? <laughs> you know, they feel like such a, a rare treasure. Um, what percentage is it of like the population that's reflectors? It's 1%. So, you know, worldwide, that's still a lot of reflectors, but it's not that many in each of our individual lives for sure. And especially when we can't know everybody's chart, I would love to, but Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I know about reflectors is typically they need like a full 28 day cycle to like make decisions. Right. So is there something Mm -hmm. in there about like decision making as well? Yeah, I would say like if they were pressured to do to decide on something too quick, because if they make a decision in the moment and it's going to be something that is like has repercussions in their life for a long time, that means they're literally making that decision from a tiny fraction of who they are, like 128th or 130th of who they are, because that's just who they are that day, that hour. And so, you know, obviously if it's like, they're really fun people to be around because 
if it's something that doesn't isn't going to extend into like the future, then they can just live in the moment. Like they just any any decision they kind of grab in the moment is like super fun. So like I love hanging around with this friend because like my husband and I, we get into like ruts kind of like we go the same places like that's just very like generatory of us. But we'll just be like biking around with her and she's like, let's go here. And I'm like, great, this is cool. Like, it's just really fun. Like, I would never stop there myself. So for them, that spontaneity for things that don't that are just short term is really important. But yeah, if they if they're going to decide like where they're going to live for the next five years, like in one day, like the other like whatever, 97 percent of them is going to be very unhappy with that potentially. So, yeah, that's kind of why they need to wait. I don't know why that made me think like we've had previous episodes about um, like sales in business and integrity. <laughs> so if you're a reflector, maybe don't hop on a sales call, especially if somebody might be like very pressure bro marketing, like really shitty, like snake oil salesman, car salesman. I could just see them like trying to like corner a reflector, like into a corner and the reflector's like, bah, I need, I need 28 days. Get out, get, get away from me. So I don't know why that's like the example that I think of, and obviously, I mean, fucking shitty salesmen suck regardless of what type you are, but like forcing them to make a decision. Yeah. 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 I mean, plus that they would literally become that person in that moment too. Like they would have less defenses in some ways than the rest of wow, us. Wow. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's yeah. Tough. That is tough. That's very, it's very interesting. I appreciate you going through all of this. I think that it's wildly helpful, like we've said numerous times, to just give language and like situations, like literally just you explaining how you see like a one, three generator business. I'm like a light bulb 100% went off. And the fact that you said like, oh yeah, I love showing up and like Q and A's where it's like, I lay the foundation and then they ask me questions. I'm like, yes, that's what I want. Yes, that's it. Like, how do, how do we bring more Q and A's into this? And so obviously we don't have time to go into the types and everything like that, but maybe if somebody's kind of reflecting in terms of, and not reflecting like the type, but like reflecting, 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 like reflecting in how they're operating and how their energy is being used Maybe it's like, take a look and read all of like the profile lines and just like what they mean. And it's like, are you resonating with one right now that maybe isn't how you should be showing up? I feel like human design just gives us so many pieces for us to di digest and like reflect on. That's why I think that it's such a fucking powerhouse. Totally. Yeah. It, and like you're saying, if you're noticing that misalignment in your life, then going and looking at your human design is so helpful as opposed to the opposite of trying to like make your life fit it. Just use it kind of as something that can support you when you just, you know, something's not working, but you just don't know exactly where to go. Yeah, for sure. Is there, we have a little bit more time here is, I know that your book specifically, like the, in the uh, the Modern Guide to Human Design, I remember you posting on Instagram that like one of the really, really cool parts about it is the fact that like you talk about variables and variables mm -hmm. in human design are one of those things that usually come a little bit later. Like people usually find out like what their type is, what their profile, maybe dive into their energy centers, their strategy, their authority, which is a whole mouthful to begin with. Um, 
But can you just like, and even if it's just a quick overview, just like, what are the variables? I feel like I have a decent amount of knowledge about them. And I feel like especially maybe the digestive variable and like environment mm-hmm. could really tie in to preventing burnout. Yeah, it's information that has traditionally been a bit gate kept. I don't know exactly why. Um it hasn't been in any books that I know of. So that's why I was kind of excited to put it in a book because I just want people to be able to get a hold of it. But I actually think it's stuff that people really do benefit from implementing at the beginning of their journey because it really sets your body and mind up to be in the right space for your deconditioning process. So the four variables, um, they start, like if you look at your chart, there's four arrows and The whole thing is like a bit confusing, but most chart calculators, including the one on my website, will like tell you, like list it all out in plain English what it is. But the top left one, you kind of go like counterclockwise around is digestion. So this is not only how you digest food, but also digest the world. Um, So there's uh, just some really helpful like information there. And the next one is environment. So it's like your ideal environment, um, sort of like how you behave when you know that you're in your ideal environment. Do you get energized? Do you relax? Um, Like, yeah, you know, are you a caves person who needs to be in like a cozy space and put your back to the wall? Um, Are you a shores person who really benefits from looking out at like different perspectives. So definitely probably too much to go through today, all the individual ones, but uh, most people have a pretty big light bulb moment. Like, oh yeah, I knew that was exactly like what I needed. Um, And it just gives you permission to live that through. Um, On the right side, the lower right arrow, you have perspective. Perspective is really interesting. It's kind of like what you're designed to notice and see in the world. Um, and then on the top right, we have motivation. So that's like what kind of like drives you almost like a subconscious level, I would say. Um, but once you become aware of it, you can kind of see like, oh, like in the, on the ones on the right side, you have like one that you're kind of designed to look at. And then you also have a transference as they call it. And they kind of both exist within you. But there's one where like, if you notice, oh, I'm paying too much attention to that, like, okay, time to switch back over here. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like a, a balance that, that you hold. Um, yeah. I sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, the transparent, the transference yeah, doesn't, yeah. Like I don't know enough about that in order to like ask questions and kind of dive into it, but what I have found really helpful is like that top left arrow, realizing like how I digest information and just how I digest things specifically was like a huge light bulb moment for me. Like my arrow was pointing to the left. And so it's like routines actually help me, which if you would have asked me back in my, you know, I, I have a little, a little rebellion in me. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I used to try to rebel against routines and stuff like that. But it's like learning about human design. I was like, well, 
if routines are supposed to be supportive for me and like my digestion, or just like, if I'm learning something like having a routine to do it and maybe having post-it notes and having highlighters and like really like being active in doing it that way, I just retain so much more information than if I were to just like listen to this podcast. Like if I'm listening to this podcast, I need to go buy your book. Like I need to go and like sit with the book and have something to read so that I can digest it in that way. Whereas like if your arrow points to the right, you're going to be like, oh, I can listen to it and it'll maybe like flow in and out. And like, I don't have a very structured way of learning it. And you're more like routines wise, you can kind of play within the space of things where it's like me, it's better if like I wake up roughly around the same time every day. I drink my coffee around the same time every day. And just being able to notice those routines have been very, very, very helpful. And I feel like it's kind of just kept me kept me in line in terms of like setting myself up for success because we hear it in like how many conversations this is the best way to do it and this is the best way to do it and I think that like the variables just give us these little nuances of information that it's like fuck dude like I wish I would have learned this in school like truly I wish that it we would have had a course or like a class or something like this where it's like I could figure out maybe like what is my environment that was a huge game changer for my boyfriend he has a caves environment to where it's like and right now his desk is set it's like almost in the middle of our dining room with a shit ton of light and like his back is up against the wall but he would do better if we could get if we could switch his like the dining room office where he is like with our bedroom and we can't do that because then I'm not going to be able to sleep but just noticing that and then like when we go to restaurants I make him choose the chair first because he has to have the one that's like his back up against the wall and being able to see like how everything is going so I feel like it's very nuanced and we don't have time to dive into all of them but like it is worth exploring and I'm really grateful that like you're we're moving past the gatekeeping of this information because it can be such a game changer like in life with relationships but also like running a fucking business when we have enough shit to juggle like thank you for just giving me like one thing that could be a fact Yeah. And honestly, unlike your strategy and authority, I actually think that variable, it it may require a little bit of experimentation on your part, but honestly, it's something that someone could kind of just hand you and you could implement. And I think you would see a big change. You don't really need to understand why you don't need to like hone something in your body. It's like, yeah, if you're a caves environment, like put your back to the wall, uh, like close the curtains, like be in a small, you know, like don't have closets open things like that. It's funny because actually the room I'm in right now is the master bedroom in our house. And we switched it with like the smaller bedroom. So we sleep, sleep in the smaller bedroom now because my husband is a caves person. And not only did it just benefit me to have a larger space because I like spent my whole life in here, but it was like in here, there's all these windows and like the door was kind of like behind his head. And it was just like a whole, a whole thing. So it kind of gives you permission to maybe just do things a little differently or just be weird or whatever. Um, But yeah, you could literally like just implement it that day and you'd probably feel better. So that's why I think variable is so cool. And yeah, I I tried to, I'm sorry. Well, you're good. I cut you off. Oh, I tried to make it as like, I think there's fear in human design, like, oh, it's so theoretical and it's so deep. And what if you get it a little bit wrong? Well, like, you know, like 
what if what if you get it a little bit wrong? Like what if it's a little too simplified? I still think you benefit from it. So I tried to make it like digestible and you know simplified enough to understand it without losing the complexity. But we'll see. I'll I'll be curious. <laughs> you just said something there that like I really loved in that I think why I love human design so much. And it's like the permission to be weird or like the, the permission to break norms, right? Because that's been the liberating part of it for me is like oh, hey, this way that I'm thinking I have to do it because I've internalized that everyone's telling me I need to do it this way, but it's always felt a little weird. It was like the validating thing I needed to be like, hey, maybe that is weird for you. And maybe you could reconstruct this, whether that's your work day, which is something we've talked a ton about on the podcast or who you're spending your time around or, you know, any kind of thing in life, human design can really provide some powerful perspective to permission to be weird. I just really love that phrase. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, as we're wrapping up, I'm curious, what, what inspired you? Like, what was the main goal behind writing the book, you know, like the modern approach to human design or whatever? Yeah. Um, I, I just really love books. Like I've always been a book lover. You, there are things in my human design that could describe, that could like explain that, but I like like physical things. I like, I just, I love books. I've always loved books. And I had this feeling a few years ago, like I would love to write a book of some kind. And I, as a generator, I kind of just let it come to me and it eventually did. And yeah, it, it took some patience, but yeah, I think I have all the human design books. I don't think they're bad necessarily, but they were just not maybe for the newer generations. They were written by the older generations. And that was like, that was really important for them to do that their way at their time. But it's also important to keep evolving this information in a world where like a lot of it is being shared on Instagram. So I wanted to just kind of take all of that value from like everything I've shared on Instagram, go even deeper with it, but share it in a way that anybody could pick it up and read it. And um, like my mom doesn't know anything about human design, but I gave her a copy of my book and she's like, oh, I really understand it. Like, I think she expected to not understand it. <laughs> So yeah, I'm just really into things that are like deep, but also practical. Maybe that's the Virgo in me and, and something that would visually, it's very bright and like, like graphically interesting kind of like Instagram and um, yeah, just something that would be something that people can reference again and again without being mired down in this heaviness or theory or hearing the same things said over and over without them actually being explained so that was my goal yeah I love that so much and like when you're diving into human design and I'm grateful for Instagram and like people sharing human design information on Instagram because it is in little like bite-sized chunks and I think that like the system is very deep and it is very like multi-layered and complex, but like, I also like the different pieces and how you can kind of like simplify it a little bit. And then it just allows you to, as we were kind of saying throughout this whole conversation, like it allows you to explore it piece by piece and integrate it piece by piece and like follow your intuition with it. And like, I think that your book is going to be a great like conversation starter or like on a coffee table type thing where it's like you have your friends over and then you pick up the book and you're like, fuck yeah, dude, we're about to like look at our, our profiles and check out our environments. And like, I try doing that with my friends, but like, 
I try like using my memory of things and then I'm looking at their chart and then I'm wording it in a way that's like going over their head. And they're like, Mariah, you just told me like 17 pieces and I don't know what the fuck you're saying. So I think it's going to be cool to have a thing where it's like, maybe they could take a picture of that little piece. And then it's like, then they can remember this. And I feel like making it digestible because it is such a powerful tool. I feel like like what a fucking gift. So I'm excited. Do you want to give people like more information about like where they can find you, where they can learn about you, where they can snag the book? Yeah, you can find everything at puregenerators.com. All my handles are at puregenerators. That's kind of my repository for everything that's going on in my business, the book, blog, everything. So that's a good place to go. The book comes out on October 3rd. So if you're listening to that after this, it's out in the world. Um, It's available for pre-order before that. And yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. We will put all of the links to literally everything in the show notes below. But Rachel, before we let you go, we do have a question that we ask every human on the podcast. So what has been sparking your curiosity lately? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I am like an obsessive watcher of documentaries. I spend like many hours of my week doing that. And I always kind of have things that I'm deep diving on. Um, so right now I, <laughs> I'm just interested in like people who climb like Everest and K2 and I'm, I don't know, I'm just interested in that. So I just kind of follow like anything that I'm, that just, I don't know, that's just fascinating to me. And I'm always really, I feel like my, part of my role on earth is like an anthropologist of just humans. <laughs> like, why do we do things the way we do? Why do, like, why are people so different? What are they interested in? And that's just kind of my, my recent version of that. But yeah. I like just learning about people. Um, I love that. That's so uh, very <laughs> resonates with me. I'm on constant, like um, the deep dive is such a wonderful way to describe that. But I think that um, allowing yourself to have like varied interests and go on deep dives about your business, but also go on like random tangents. I think it's all like wonderfully enriching and energizing and then you can start to like pull pieces together from all kinds of places so that was one of the better answers we've heard in a long time I really love that thanks for joining us today um (laughs) so I'm also just want to thank you for your book like I'm really excited to get it I hadn't ever articulated before like I own a lot of human design books and it's always felt a bit like um if you're familiar with the Bible, like the King James version or something, so mm-hmm. I feel like you've come out with like um, something that'll be more in our language and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, we can kind of wrap this episode up. Thank you guys again for having this awesome conversation with me. Um, we'll make sure to leave all the links and information in the podcast show notes for our listeners, but I think we're ready to close this one down. Remember friends, you have the power to create whatever the hell you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.
Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Curiously Guided Podcast. We appreciate you so much for being here. Truly, this podcast is such a joy for us to create. If you love the conversation or you're a fan of the podcast and you want to support us in creating new episodes, feel free to head over to curiouslyguided.com support to buy us a coffee. If you're not already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform so you can stay in the loop with all of the episodes we've got coming your way. And while you're heading over to subscribe, slide over to the review section and let us know what you thought about that episode. Reviews go a long way in helping us reach more listeners. So even if it's just a quick one, it helps us all continue to grow together. We'll see you in the next episode.